Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful co-host, Ananga Sivir. Today, we're finishing up our conversation about Ayurveda for your health and well-being. Just want to say thank you for all of the feedback we've received about part one of this series. We're happy to bring you part two. And we want to let you know that our brand new course is available. And you can take a peek at that at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. It's called Seven Keys to Calming Anxiety with Ayurveda. We've been working on this for several months and think you're going to absolutely love the course. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. Let's start our conversation today digging into self-education and the importance and power of taking action. This has been such a huge learning in my life. I touched on in our conversation last week, my experience with doctors when I was younger and how I felt labeled. I felt powerless. So really coming back around to that with Ayurveda, Ayurveda teaching how we can adjust our mindset, our habits, our lifestyle, our nutrition. There are so many things we can work with, so many things we can change to calm anxiety and improve our general well-being. And for me, the self-education part of Ayurveda has been incredible. Learning about myself, learning about my challenges, learning about potentials that I've been able to really lean into that I didn't realize I had. Learning the things that can really throw us off. And when we're anxious, we think anxieties come at us out of the blue. It's like all of a sudden, I had an anxiety episode and I just don't know where it came from, there's a question from somebody in our group recently who was suffering reoccurring anxiety attacks because of the way the first one fired off. And we hear that so much. It's such a common experience with anxiety, where the anxiety event itself becomes a shock and triggers further episodes. And Ayurveda teaches how to protect ourselves from that, why it happens. It, it isn't such a mystery. And for me, with a lifelong journey through anxiety, that was really key, taking the mystery out when you can see it might have been because of that. I just drove up to visit my parents. I knew that night my sleep would be affected, and I knew the next day my vata would be up just from the movement, moving in the car, things moving around me, and I also knew what to do to get back in balance. So that's the power of self-education with Ayurveda, and then the action steps we can take. So we feel hopeful instead of helpless. And empowered. Yeah. There's nothing quite like checking in with yourself and noticing how you feel and what you need, and then being able to do something about it. I find that so helpful. And like this time of year, well, right now it feels like I'm in the, in the dead heat of summer, but very, very soon, that heat is going to be replaced with coolness and with lots of wind and dryness and all of the things that happen when autumn rolls in to northern Michigan. And I know what I need to do. I know I want to make sure that I'm stocking up and have my oils for oiling up when I go outside. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to be covering my ears. I know that I'm going to be switching up my nutrition a little bit to have uh, more foods that are going to support me. And there's just something really sweet about that because you can look after yourself without being in that place of, oh no, what do I do? Or why is this happening? Or what have you? It's like, oh, okay, I know 
what to do because I've taken the time to learn more about me and what my body needs and what my mind needs. And it's a, it's a beautiful practice. Right. I really feel that it's the difference between night and day in our experience of, of moving through our life. I can remember before I started learning Ayurveda, I would dread autumn. I knew I'd be more anxious. I knew I'd be more low. And that was just how I felt. I'm going to be. That was the fact of it. I'm going to be more anxious. I'm going to be more low around this time of year. I would notice the evenings getting darker earlier. And I would start to feel it, feel the anxiety, dread the long, dark evenings. I don't feel like that anymore. That's completely changed for me. Now I've just got a gradual transition where I switch over lighting, bedding, diet, nutrition, what goes in my tea, what I eat, warm baths, uh, ginger in the bath. It just adjusts to this seasonal routine. And now I love it. And at this time now, I'll start looking out for berries and acorns and just be in step with that transition so it doesn't catch me off balance. Mm. So, yeah, education, understanding, and action changes everything. Let's segue over to some of the core teachings of Ayurveda as they relate to digestion and nutrition, since we're talking a little bit about the nutritional changes that, that are ahead of us. Yeah, the core of health in Ayurveda is our digestion. And more and more we're hearing this with Western medical science as well, talking about the nerves in our gut, talking about our gut microbiome and how it can inform so many things that we experience in challenges with our health. Ayurveda, the core teaching is that we have this fire of digestion in the stomach. It's called Agni. Agni means fire. Last week, we spoke about Pitta being the energy of transformation. So this fire in the stomach is a manifestation of that Pitta energy, and it's responsible for the digestion, metabolizing of our food, transforming our food down into units that our body knows what to do with. Ayurveda emphasizes that maintaining a strong and balanced Agni, fire of digestion, helps us have really healthy digestion, good absorption of the nutrition in our food, and healthy elimination. And that's considered the bedrock of our well being, absolutely crucial for our well being. So, learning how to look after that inner fire is one of the most important things we can do for our physical and mental well being. Mm, thank you for that explanation. One of the things that I enjoy about learning more about Ayurveda is how something like your nutrition can nourish your nerves. When you start to dig into Ayurveda, you realize that, oh, okay, there's a reason why Ayurveda emphasizes the importance of a balanced diet for maintaining health. There's a reason why our food should be fresh and wholesome and tailored to our individual doshic needs. The Ayurvedic diet is focused on these different tastes, and depending on your dosha, it's going to help you navigate which choices are best for you, which choices are going to be more nerve nourishing, and can help you look after yourself in a more effective way. It affects everything, Ananga. It affects 
our emotions, the tissues of the body. I just find it fascinating. Everything's covered right down to the cellular level. If you listen to um, Dr. Vasant Lad when he's teaching, he'll take the doshas and their influence down into the cells of the body. And he draws up these incredible teaching diagrams and the detail and understanding he has and how far he can take that into our consciousness, into the cells of our body. It's amazing. But also, it doesn't have to be overwhelming and complex. It can be very simple once we understand the principles. For example, when you're talking about Agni being the most important thing for our overall health, and you're talking about a digestive fire, it's very easy to think of ways to understand how we can look after that. And one thing we don't want to do is dump a load of heavy, cold stuff on a fire. You know, if you think of your, you have a fire in your garden and you get a, a big bucket load of cold, wet leaves that you've raked up and put them on the fire, it becomes smothered, it becomes smoky, it's not burning well. It's the same if we take iced drinks, cold, heavy meals. Also, if you put too much on a fire, you can choke it out. So it's the same. It's not so hard to start to get an understanding where we can think, okay, I've, I've eaten a really good, healthy meal here. If I now go and have a big bowl of ice cream at the end of that meal, what's that going to do for my fire of digestion? Mm. It's really not that hard to start getting an idea and making adjustments. How do we notice or, or teach ourselves to notice and balance the elements in the mind? This is something we get into in quite a fun way in the course. So we talked last week that we have these five elements in in everything, the building blocks of our world around us and in us, the five elements of earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And they all have their effects on our mind. In the course, we look at noticing the elements in your mind, a very easy example that you'll see all around, especially when, it's, when the weather's hot, is if somebody has a fair quantity of fire in their mind and then they're out in the heat, the fire in the mind comes up more. So you might see some frustration, impatience, road rage. <laughs> you can start to notice increased elements having their effect in the mind. There are certain dosha types that at this time of year, I'll just steer clear of them. <laughs> it's so funny that you bring that up because it just makes me think about last weekend, my husband and I had a garage sale. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any time at all, you know that my dosha is pitta and it was mid 90 degree Fahrenheit days and we were hauling stuff and putting it on tables and doing all of the things you do for a yard sale, garage sale. And I was hot and nobody was coming and we had done all this work and I got, you know, a little short tempered and, um, my husband looked at me and said, I'm not really sure what it is you need to do right now. Maybe smudge, maybe have a glass of water, like something. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is, do, do it, which was so great. And it was, a, it was a short period of time, thankfully, until he not dotted me in the eye. And I took care of myself. Yeah. And I did smudge. And I did have some, some water I had some lemon water and I put some extra minerals and things in that I needed. And I took a break and I took a breath and remembered this is just a garage sale. 
Right. It's going to be what it is. And we don't have to make it into this big deal. And we don't have to be whiny or angry about it. Just let it be. And as soon as I did that, people started coming, things started moving, we had more fun. And, uh, and of course, later, I had to apologize for my, for my antics. Because at the time, they, it felt like they came out of nowhere. Right. But because of what I know about Ayurveda, and because of my sweet husband um, making me aware of my behavior, because sometimes you can be long into it without realizing what's happening. Yeah. And then I could do something about it. And so I guess that would be a good example of balancing the elements in the mind. So, yeah, you've answered your own, <laughs> your own problem how to notice and balance the elements in the mind. But, yeah, tragically, others often see them before we do. And I love that. Don't know what you need to do, but you need to do something. But when you look at Ayurveda, you you do know what to do. You just take some coconut water, lighten up, have a laugh, stick your feet in the in a cold bath or a stream or something. Yeah. Get the heat down out of your mind. And the challenge with too much fire in the mind is that that once the fire builds to a certain point, the mind will think that's ridiculous. I need this to go a certain way. Why are you telling me to go and put my feet in some water? True. It's just ridiculous and inefficient and it doesn't make sense. That's when that dosha goes too far. So, yeah, that's the clue for fire in the mind. We might have too much space or air in our mind. We might feel ungrounded, jittery. We might find that we're um, talking and it's kind of running away from us and we just need to speak but we're not really getting what we need from that. We might feel unsettled. We are likely to feel anxious. That's when the air comes up in the mind. So then we need grounding, warmth, mm. things like that. If we've got too much earth in the mind, we can feel heavy. We can feel uh, lethargic, uninspired, dull. We might feel a bit low. If there's water in the mind, we can certainly feel low. And so it's a wonderful thing to learn how to balance these aspects out just knowing the effects fire can bring impatience it can also bring genius uh, teaching skills excellent marketing communication observational humor warmth courtesy imbalance all of the elements have their gifts and out of balance they all have their challenges for us and the people we're in relationship with because it's them who often feel it first especially with fire this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've experienced racing thoughts that take over your mind. And while it can be challenging to make these thoughts stop, sharing or talking through what's on your mind can often help. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional fee. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Slayer today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Slayer. Before the break, we were talking about how you can balance the elements 
in the mind. And now we're going to talk about the difference between escape versus balancing what's happening in our bodies. When we feel anxious, our tendency is to want to escape the anxious thoughts and feelings. We just want it to stop. It feels so awful. It can escalate so quickly. And then it's just so easy to scroll, uh, watch TV, play some game, whatever we go to, watch a movie. The things that we call getting out of our head when our head isn't a good place to be. But unfortunately, many of those choices involve getting more stimulus into our head, more incoming information. And when we finish our diversion, we often find that we feel worse than we did before. So our mind might have been distracted and taken away from unwanted thoughts for a while, but it's also disturbed by more incoming information. And so a diversion isn't helping us get to the root of the problem at all. We, we know that really when we're doing it. But there are some simple lifestyle adjustments you can make that can help you bring anxiety back under control and give you a sense of personal peace, security. I always like the hope that comes from Ayurvedic practices where I feel some hope, inspiration, some confidence that, oh, yeah, I know what to do. This feels really rotten, but if I do this, I know I'm going to feel better in a few minutes. So Ayurveda can give us that that sense of hope. And again, that's something we'll be exploring in more detail in the course. There's a quote that I love from Dr. David Frawley that I'd like to share. We now know that with every thought and emotion that passes through our field of consciousness, there is a corresponding biochemical shift in our physical bodies and brains. The recently coined term molecules of emotion refers to the cascade or neuropeptides that flood the body with each passing emotion. And that's from the Art and Science of Vedic Counseling by Dr. David Frawley. It's so interesting to me. Yeah. Again, for me, this was what really changed my outlook when I was young and, and struggling with anxiety and first started looking into Ayurveda. This understanding that our thoughts matter, they have their effect on our physical bodies. We know that stress does harm to our mental and physical well-being, but we can also know that we can reverse that harm. We can repair that harm through balancing action. So that gave me a lot of hope when we support and upgrade our thoughts and emotions with the teachings and practices of Ayurveda. We help ourselves reduce stress and it's health-altering chemicals, and we start the journey toward improved health and peace of mind. And I know women in their older years who say, I feel happier and healthier than I did in my 30s because of how I now know to live, how I've worked with my thoughts, how I've worked with my nutrition, and I just feel more peaceful, more grounded, more positive, sometimes more energized. So I love this, you know, understanding that we have that point of impact. It's a brilliant book, The Art and Science of Vedic Counseling, and it also goes into detail of how stress has this fraying effect in our body and how we can reverse and improve that. So again, we're not sitting ducks. Ayurveda is wonderful for giving alternative perspectives and all the support 
for our mind, our heart, our emotions, our physical strength. It's all there. And you said something earlier that I thought is worth bringing up again, too, is that when we get to this point of understanding that we don't have to carry around all of this garbage, that we don't have to be in a reactive state over every single thing that comes up. When you were referring to women um, getting on in age, um, as we are, <laughs> getting to that point where you really get clear about your boundaries, about what is important to you, about uh, being in a space of taking better care of your sweet body and mind instead of berating it mm. or expecting something different to be going on uh, versus this practice of Ayurveda, making choices that are going to be more supportive to your overall health and well-being. What a gift. Yeah. And Ayurveda also teaches that we have doshic influences in stages of our life. Kapha is uh, young children going up into youth, then in our career years, our middle years tend to be the, um, the pitta period. And then in our later years, we move into, after around our 50s, we move into a vata period of life. So we can expect vata to increase, and that's going to need our care and attention. But those are our wisdom years. Vata's very wise. Vata brings wisdom. It brings creativity. And I know a lot of older women where they just haven't got time to care anymore about things that aren't deeply important. So that's another gift of Vata is it has um, renunciation and detachment. We can renounce things. We can let things go. We can detach from things that don't serve us well. And yeah, we're going to need to look after our skin and our joints because things get drier and creakier. But if you know what to do, it's amazing to me how complacent we can be in the West about our mental and physical health. You know, if you get in your car and it's smoking and chugging away and somebody says, you know, I think your car needs an oil change, you go to the garage and get an oil change. You don't just keep going like it until something gets worse. But with our bodies and minds, we tend not to heed good practical advice. We notice something might not be running as smoothly as we'd like. We get fearful or we go into denial or we go into worst case scenario thinking. And what's really helped me with living with anxiety throughout my life is to go into proactive thinking. What can I do? What's my body telling me? What can I do to help myself? Mm, yeah. And it's helpful to remember, and, and of course, Ayurveda teaches this as well. It's helpful to remember that our mind is a, a river of thought. And just like a river, it might be flowing gently, or it might have rapids, or it might be clear, or it might be polluted. But the one thing we know for certain is our mind is always moving. And left to its own devices, as, as you're bringing forward, the mind will start spinning stories and pull us down a rabbit hole sometimes. Often we will feel at the complete mercy of our mind, but actually we do have power of influence over it. And we can 
influence our minds by increasing better choices for ourselves in lifestyle, in nutrition, in the company we keep, in the screen time, all of that. We can sometimes feel helpless when we live with anxiety and often feel like, will it be like this forever? But it won't when you start making choices, when you start to realize what's happening and you can step back and make some better choices and look after yourself in a way that is just so sweet and refreshing, actually. Because when the mind is anxious, it can be relentless. It can feel just the worst, especially when you get caught in a negative running dialogue. It's waiting for us when we wake up sometimes, and it provokes real physical symptoms. And we hear this often from members of our private Facebook group and and listeners that what is going on here? And how can I release this? The cool thing is Ayurveda reminds us, shows us, and teaches us that we're not helpless. And whether we choose to take medication for anxiety or not, there are still so many things we can do to support ourselves and improve the quality of our life. We don't have to feel like we've thrown up the white flag and surrendered. We can continue to make nourishing choices that support our mind and body. And once we know what to do, we know what to go back to. So we don't have to live dreading anxiety episodes. We don't have to live dreading that we might have an anxiety attack because we can learn how to calm them. We can learn how to reduce their intensity. We can learn how to reduce their frequency. And if we keep practicing over time, we can learn how to not experience them. Sometimes life's going to throw us a challenge or a curveball. That's inevitable. But Ayurveda can teach us how to get back in balance, how to support ourselves. It can teach us how to build resilience and how to live peacefully in the present moment. So we're content in this day, in this moment, while simultaneously building mental and emotional strength so that we're in better shape for whatever might come. And Ayurveda shows us how to live deeply with creativity, joy, and presence, and not to just simply exist. It's the foundation for deeper exploration into the real meaning of life beyond the day-to-day stressors, beyond energy drains of obligations and paying the bills. There is so much more, and we can learn how to tap into all of that. Thanks for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We're grateful that you come back each week. And we do want to remind you that we just released our new course, Seven Keys to Calming Anxiety with Ayurveda, where you can learn how to support your individual nature, the best nutrition to calm your nerves, and follow along with our guided practices for peace of mind. Find out more and save $20 with our introductory offer at anxietyslayer.teachable.com.